So what, what about your future? What have you got coming up? Anything? Uh... Um, I went out to Cannes um, <clears throat> this year. Uh, that was that was that was a fantastic experience that's, as that's well. That's a dream of mine. Yeah, do it, do it, do it, do it, lads. Honestly, it's it's um, if you when you go out there, you have to get accreditation to be able to get into the village where where all the um, this what they call them. I'm assuming you can get us accreditation. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, <laughs> go online. You actually go online, <clears throat> get tickets, <clears throat> and if you go, you can go as press, uh, as, as a director, an actor, a writer. You can go as all sorts of things. Um, and the accreditation, press exactly, press mm -hmm. or with your, you know, your podcast and everything else, and the IMDb credits. So what they do is they look at you um, and they assess your ranking, if you want a better way of, of describing it. Um, they look at your ranking um, and they will give you passes to get into different sections. Um, and the, the higher your ranking, you get into do the, uh, what they call it, um, the premiers, where all the high, you know, all this, Will Smith was there this year, and all these other sort of the film on Netflix, the Will Smith film, and yeah, it's a Netflix exclusive. Yeah, yeah. Um, but there's um, so you get this accreditation, but you go, you go out there, and it was amazing. I uh, I flew out, got to uh, got the train down um, down to Cannes. I've, I've got a little sort of B and B or a little hotel, um, and it was about I don't know, thirty miles away. Uh, yeah, about, no, about thirty minutes away. Um, and you get there, and the place is absolutely manic. Um, a good friend of mine, J.P. Gage, is an actor. He said uh, we had planned this. We got pissed one night. We were we were doing a film um, called Borstal, and it was up somewhere. Watched that one. Yeah, I haven't seen it. So yeah, it's good. No, it's all right. Yeah, yeah. It's not bad. Um, but he was. Uh, he, we were in that. And JP's, uh, J.P. said uh, we were getting pissed one night. I had a big bottle of rum to my room. We sat there. There's nothing else to do. And we sat there, and he said, uh, "I've got to carry. I've got to carry." I said, "Fuck me! I've got to do that with you. I've got to do that." Okay, we'll plan it. I said, "Right, we're going to go." It went out of my mind. I was starting on the business. I was doing all sorts of things. Completely forgot it. About two weeks before we were going to go, JP goes, uh, "All right, mate." He said, uh, "You coming to Canada?" I said, "When is it?" Two weeks. Oh, Fuck's sake! I said, "Give me some notice." <laughs> so I said, well, uh, "All right, well, yeah." Um, he said, "Well, it's too late to get accreditation." So great. Said, you can do it when you get there. He said, "You just pay thirty euros a day, um, and it gives you a pass, and you can go in and you know you can go into any of the sort of things apart from the the premieres and stuff." I said, "Okay, I'll do that." Then. So um, I was going to be filming on the Friday. I was going to film on the Friday, uh, no Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, uh, and the Sunday I was going to be filming up in London on, a, on that little short film. What was it called? Leonard. I was going to be doing Leonard. It's on there. On the yeah. Script, yeah. Well. <laughs> well, I see you haven't got. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. So I, uh, I was going to be doing Leonard, and um, the guy who used to play Boise. No, what is his name? I can't remember. Uh, John Chalice. Yeah. John Chalice. John Chalice was, play, was going to be playing opposite me. He was going to be playing Leonard. And I was going to be playing his son, lovely sort of two-handed um, tearjerker. And then, and then, then I got a call from from the director, and he said that John's not going to be doing. We're going to have to recast it because he's going to have to do Benidorm. Mm -hmm. So he's out doing Benidorm at the moment. Um, so anyway, the, the, that that all went to rats, uh, and it was so, so rude. It was so rude. It was terrible. He, what he did, I mean, unfortunately, the director, lovely guy, um, Joseph V. Sultana, is a, he's a Half Maltese, lovely bloke. Yeah. Um, he said, uh, Kev, I'm, I'm handing it over for someone else to run. It's a couple of young lads, so they're going to be producing it and, and directing it. Says, my, my mum is just about to die, etc. Et I said, Sorry, it's no problem at all, Joseph. I'll just wait to hear from them. So the day before, I'm being passionate, saying, Right, they sort me accommodation now, where am I staying? Where am I going to be? Where are we filming? Where's the set? Extra? Nothing, absolutely nothing. So the night before, I get an email uh, Hi, Kev. Um, yeah. Um, we were going to recast the part of Leonard, 
and um, we haven't managed to do that. So what we'd like you to do is you play the part of Leonard. And I'm like, what? Leonard's fucking like in his seventies. So I said, cheers, guys. Do I look like yeah, you're past your seventies? There was a comment in there, wasn't yeah, there? Yeah, fucking reached out and kind of punched him out of the woods. But um, basically, they called him and said, Kevin, you look like you could pass the seventy-year-old. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hey, listen, you old bastard, you're playing. So I said, I said, uh, not happening, boys. Uh, and then anyway, that and then it went dead. And then about two hours later, uh, no, no, I got that wrong. Um, we're not. You're not meant to be playing that. You'll still be playing uh, uh, the sun. I kind of was saying that, but you're still going to be playing the sun. We've recast it. I said, well, who's playing it? We're not sure yet. So I said, right, where am I staying? Oh, did you arrange for Joseph that he was going to provide accommodation? I said, I live in Cornwall, twat. I said, I'm going to have to come up there. And we up there for five, six days. I said, what are you, I'm going to sleep in the car. In my car. <laughs> yeah, I, I just thought. So I said, tell you what, lads, I've never done this before. And I apologise, but count me out. Because this is obviously not working. You don't know what you're doing. Uh, and it's going to ratchet. And, and then I got a, a phone call from an actress who was going to be in it. Kev, what's going on? I said, oh, you don't know either. She said, no, she's something about pulling the plug. I said, well, I already have. She went, right, so am I. So she <laughs> went and did the same thing. Then we had a round-robin email saying, uh, yeah, um, production's been cancelled. So it was complete clusterfuck. So then, that would uh, be me if I was a director or producer. Then. Like, <laughs> so badly organised. Like, so can anyone so tell me what's going on? <laughs> yeah, I'd be the one. I'd be going up to the extras, like, do you know how to use this? I mean, has... <laughs> no, you. <yeah. laughs> Black ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> but it was like that. And, I, and so anyway, I, I contacted my mate JP. I said, JP, I said, this is all gone to rap shit. Uh, I'm going to have to drive up the day. Um, I said, um, you're flying out tomorrow, aren't you? Yeah. But any afternoon, oh no, early morning, I get a phone call. Hello, it's JP. I said, what's the matter, mate? Oh, I missed my flight. I said, yeah, dick. What happened? He said, well, I got there 15 minutes before. They won't let me on the flight. I'm waiting for the next one. I said, all right. So uh, get a phone call back two hours later. Can't get on the next flight. I said, right, okay, what are you going to do then? He said, ah, oh, fuck it, mate. He said, I'm not going to go out. He said, I can't really afford it. My mess is, you know, kicking up, so uh, I'm not going to go. I said, JP, I'm going out there with you. I'm booking a hotel. I've got everything sorted out. I, ain't got, I don't know my ass from my elbow. You know, you were supposed to be showing me the ropes. Oh, I'm out sorry, mate. And I said, ah, oh, that's right, don't worry about it. So I put a thing out on Facebook. Anybody going to can, tell me what's going on. So a, a very good friend of mine, Claire Cahill, who's a producer, she worked as a, a second AD. No, she was first AD on a film called Gridiron UK that we did four years ago, American football film. And uh, she said, yeah, she said, I'm going. Um, oh, by the way, Kev, I hope you don't mind, um, but I've already pimped you out for a role. I what? She went, yeah, it's a film called Champion, and you're meeting Alex, the director, <coughs> on Monday. Oh, good. Oh, cool. Awesome. Got, yeah. got, got yeah. out there. Yeah. I'm walking around, still walking around with my suitcase, and I meet her on the on the front, and uh, she introduces me to Alex. Lovely guy, young black director from London. We go and have lunch, and within sort of 20 minutes, he said, I'd like to make you a formal offer. Yeah. So it's a, it's a feel-good factor film about a young boy um, who's got um, uh, a, 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 a fantastic talent for running. He's a, he's a sprinter. He doesn't realise it. Um, he goes down to the local sports club and the big running track and he's watching things go on um, and he meets the caretaker down there who used to be a coach and the coach senses something about him and sees him running and thinks this guy's got some talent um, and it reminded him of a young black lad that he knew when he was a lot younger um, who he pushed and pushed and pushed but unfortunately he didn't realise he had a heart condition and the young lad died um, and it turns out that he was the father of the, of the, the young lad now that you see, right. um, he didn't know it, and the young lad doesn't know it. They don't know who each, each other are. Um, but it's all this sort of thing. He finds his feet. He realizes his skills and stuff, and uh, and his talent. 
um, and it's a real nice feel-good sort of yeah. film. It's got a it's got a bittersweet ending, but it's a cracking little film. So I've been offered a role in that. So awesome. That's the next thing. It should have been started in August, but um, what did you say that one was called? It's called Champion. Champion. But the finance went uh, went tits up because the financiers who know nothing about film, nothing about scripts or actors or anything at all. They know about money, and they said, uh, "Yeah, we like it, but we want to change this in the script." And um, the the lead, we're not entirely happy about him. So Alex and Claire said, "Typical." See you later, mate. We've got yeah, lots yeah, of other yeah. people who are interested in yeah. finance in the film. Kiss my ass. So they've got rid of them, and they've re they've got new financiers. So, uh, it's very typical yeah. in uh, any sort of film production company. Yeah. Though, and if they want to make some money, they want to change it to be more mainstream or to. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. They feel that, yeah, exactly. they, they feel oh, it's going to sell better if we do this and we do that. Then um, you find like things that are like pop culture or anything like that, like um, what was that film that's just come out, Valerian, mm -hmm. that ticked every box of pop culture, Yeah, bombed big time at yeah. the box office, like terrible sales. Mm. Well I was talking to Kev before we came upstairs and we were talking about the podcast and that's exactly what we do not want, like pop culture's filtered in a really strange way, it's bubble wrapped, it's made to seem more glittery and yeah. fantastic, mm -hmm. but at the end of the day, you know, you want the real shit, basically. That's what yeah. you want. And I think people appreciate that more once well, they get like, a feel for what it, it is. It, rather than just the real shit, you want like a certain kind of fake, don't you? Like when yeah. you watch films, you want a certain kind of bullshit. Yeah. Not just like... Digestible, basically. Yeah. Just want it so you, Dan hit the nail on the head. It's, it's, um, there are so many fake fuckers out there. I can't stand... I, I, let's give you an instance. I had a, <clears throat> an agent, um, and I met this agent. She was a um, nice lady, met her up at um, BAFTA, uh, and I thought, I was, I was looking for an agent at the time, this was the first agent I was going to have, she wanted me to be at BAFTA, I thought, geez, I'm really, you know, this BAFTA, this is incredible. I got my three-piece suit, travelled up in some scruffs, went across London, <coughs> chucked them in the dressing room, um, I was there about two hours before the interview, before the interview uh, to, 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 for her to take me on, put the suit on, went and met her, most insincere person you've ever met. Mm. And I just, straight away, I thought, I'm going to have to swallow this because she's an agent and she's done some stuff. And I looked in her background and she was an actress and they were at um, L Street Studios. So I thought, I've got, you know, I've just got to just shut your face, Kevin, put up there. <laughs> so, um, so that was that. Um, but at the end of every audition they would send me to, which were always shite, and they were, her, her explanation was, she said, what's your aspiration? And I said, Game of Thrones. She went, <laughs> Oh, really? I went, yeah, Game of Thrones. I said, but I'd like by the end of this year to at least, you know, be in front of me in gold or somebody um, for a part in Game of Thrones. That's, that's what I want. Oh, okay, you know, that's totally going to be realistic. What we need to do is start off in small adverts to start off with, get your face known, yeah. um, and then build it from there. She said, in two, you know, two, three years' time, we can start looking at it. I thought, Aim high, man. Of course, but yeah, I, I'm a complete novice at it. I didn't know what she was. I thought, oh, okay. You just assume she's right. That's yeah. the thing, isn't it? And they sent me to these. And it was a cattle market. You go there, and it's obviously they wanted somebody of an age, my age, with a beard and long hair. So you go there, and there's 40 blokes, all the same. And you think, really? Fuck's You go in, you do your bit. I mean, it takes me uh, four and a half hours to drive up there. Then you got to go across London. It's it's 100 pound, 100, probably 120 pound round trip for me every time, and there's no guarantee. And the majority of the time, you don't get the role. <clears throat> if it's a good, if it's a good uh, earner, it's worth going up. But some of these adverts are 35, 40 grand for buying So spending 100 quid and spending a day travelling to London is worth it. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, but after every single one, they wanted me to phone them and tell them how I got on. And she always used to finish the phone call with, 
Okay, lovely. Yeah, love your work. Love your work, darling. It's almost like hook and bait, isn't it? Yeah, to keep yeah, you on. Yeah, and it was, love your work, darling. And I thought, you ain't got a fucking... It's like the idea down. of, like, well, I'm, I'm really nice to yeah. you, stick with me. I'm yeah, really yeah. Nice. And it Don't was go this, to someone else. The same, you, could, you could almost see her. She was probably on the phone. Uh, she's on the phone to me, and she's probably updating an email or doing something. Yeah. Couldn't give a toss who you were. Scripted. <clears> and it's it was scripted, isn't it? And it was, yeah, it was scripted. It was just this general thing that she would say at the end of every single conversation. It was so insincere. I'd find the office... I'd say, uh, hello, um, can I speak to Linda, please? Who is it? It's, uh, it's Kevin Horsham. Uh, sorry, who's, who's, who's that? I said, Kevin Horsham. Yeah, I'll see if she's free. Um, and then she'd go, oh, hi. Um, yeah, hi, hi, Kevin. Hi, Kevin, yeah. How are you? And just I'm So thought, she's looking you up. As yeah, she's exactly. It's, and you Man. thought... Uh, like, I bet, like, maybe she was, like, maybe she was on it when she first started and she was, like, getting on board and stuff. And then it gets to the point when you, when you start doing well, yeah. you're just, like... Yeah, and like just another actor or something. Yeah, and you know, it's, it's, it was it was just so, and I, and I thought, nah. So I went to the next agent, and um, I, I went in there, and the guys were in Imperium Management, and I met Richard Carvery and Dan, who's uh, who's the director, and I, perhaps I maybe a little bit out of what I said, Dan. Um, he said, "What are you looking for an agent?" I said, "Dan." I said, "I want someone to be honest with me, I want integrity. Um, I don't want people phoning me up, blowing sunshine up my ass when I'm being crap. If I've got an audition, that's great." I don't want to have to check in every five minutes, and I don't want you. I don't need people to phone me and ask how I am, and and I don't need all that. I said I just. I want, just want. I want to call yeah. when there's an audition chance. Yeah. So I want to call yeah. when there's a change in my yeah. career. Yeah, and that's <laughs> and that's all I need. I said, and I just want to be people to be straight up with me. Mm. And if you can give me that, then that's fine. He went. And he swears just to me, mate. Fucking brilliant. That's just what we're all about. He said, <laughs> yeah, um, no problem at all. We'd like to sign you up. Yeah. Uh, and they've been great. They've been great. Um, I bet most of it's probably because there's, there's, well, I, mean, I don't know how much of a cut agents take or how much you have to pay them and stuff. You get, I, I think it's twenty. Just... It's twenty percent for film, fifteen percent for TV, um, and there's very, you know, it varies. But um, a lot of the, if a they lot can of the just pile on those of like lesser. No, well, no, they, 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 they. Well, they're um, they're very fair, um, very upfront. I, and the and the and the thing is with the agents. I mean, some agents. Are yeah, probably a bit. Oh yeah, there are. I mean, there's, 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 good, there's good, good ones and bad ones. But so with anything, though, isn't it really? Yeah, the idea is that the idea is that if I get work myself, I have to notify them, and they will get a cut from that. So if, if they get me work, they get their twenty percent fee. If I find work, someone comes to me and approaches me, and I get the job myself, I still have to pay them the twenty percent fee because it's the agent fee. So I've, I've got no issue with that, and I tell them I'm up front and honest with every single job that I get offered run through the agent and have to take it through them because they have to work it out. Yeah, I suppose because generally they'll probably find more things than you will. Mm. Well, like that would be a general rule the next day, have more contacts. Stuff comes to them. <clears throat> Stuff comes out in Spotlight. This is one of the casting uh, things, sites I'm on. There's Spotlight and there's um, Casting Call Pro, which has gone downhill a bit and it tends to be crappy adverts and uh, corporate things and uh, yeah, internet we, I was looking at one of your actor profiles, I'm not sure which website it was on, yeah. but I saw that you, uh, you did an episode of Crime Watch or something? No, do you know what? That was me bullshitting. Um, when I started <laughs> off, I mean, many years ago, my, my, my acting started uh, 12 years ago. Um, I went out to Spain. I was in a real low point in my life. Went out to Spain. Mum and Dad were out there staying with some friends. Jumped in a pool. I had kids with me. Jumped in the pool. My kids were playing with this other bloke's kids. And he had a jarhead, you know, GI haircut. So I thought, not haircut. I said, but you're smart. I said, got talking to him, and he said, I've just come back. He said, we just did a film called Rendition, uh, Rendition something. Um, he said, I was playing a, a, a GI in this thing. I said, all right, you're acting here. I said, fuck me, I've always wanted to be an actor. I'd love to 
can do it. Well, do it then. I said, yeah, I've got to know, I've never been trained or anything, don't know, don't know, that sort of thing. He said, um, don't worry about it. He said, just make up a CV, bullshit. He said, flower it up. He said, send it off, and he suggested send it to universities that do media courses. <clears throat> and I did exactly that. I came back, and that was one of the bullshit things, because when I was in the police force, I was doing my CIDA, and I went on to Crime Watch, because I had a job. It was called, it was a, it was a job bungalow bill, they, they, they entitled it, because, uh, and, uh, Christ, how many years ago now? 15 years ago, a guy came down, he was called Killick, as I remember, came down from up country to spend Christmas at the Knotbridge um, Holiday Park. And the, the, we had a really bad winter, the, the riverbanks burst, and all the bungalows were all flooded. And this fucker was going around, because everybody had evacuated, going around nicking everybody else's personal belongings, loading them into a wheelbarrow, and he's taking them down the <laughs> thing. With, with, with laptops, watches, everything, and you can think of, all their personal gear. It's an odd vehicle thing. for... Yeah, a got There was a couple down there filming the... Because the, their stuff had been, you know, their, their, their holiday letter had been washed yeah. out. And they filmed it, so they had it on, they had it on video. So of course, when I... When I, I was on my CID aid, and I was, I was crap at CID, and um, I was on my CID aid, my, my DS was a grumpy bastard, I'm really good friends with him now, but he was a miserable shit, <laughs> and, uh, and he said, uh, you got this fucking job on your work, what are you going to do about it? I said, well, funny thing, so I, I said, um, I'm going to go on Crime Watch, I said, I need your, what are you fucking talking about, go on Crime Watch? I said, I've got this video, I said, of the offender, with a wheelbarrow full of stuff, I said, and if I can, I said, he said, oh, don't be such a twat. I said, all right, look, would you have any problem with me phoning you know, the TV station and do it? Anyway, I phoned them. Have you got the footage? Sent the footage through. About an hour later, can you be on the show next week? So I went back to him and went, I can't fucking believe it. So they had four DS, uh, DCs in that night who had to take phone calls from people, members of the public phoning in, which he was pissed off with because he had plenty of overtime. Um, but yeah, and that was, uh, it was called Bungalow Bill, and that, that's my appearance on the TV. So I put myself down as, I was on Crime Watch, where I fucking was. Yeah. I sat there on the phones, taking calls about murders, about all sorts of bloody things. And that was just after Sudando was murdered. Oh, okay. um, so yeah, that's, that's, where, that's where Crime Watch came from, but I thought, Stick on the TV. Yeah, fucking right. Yeah. That's the first. You're the first person who's ever asked me. <laughs> <laughs> I'll well, be lying. And I do my research. <laughs> yeah. I've got. Um, it's funny. It's a, it's a running joke in my family. But um, so I, a few years ago, I helped my old man do a bit of DIY because yeah. I was short of work. I was part time, and I needed a bit more money. So he used to have his own business uh, by himself and just go around and do yeah. all sorts, anything, decking, indoors, whatever, painting. So I used to go around and give him a hand. Now I say give him a hand. I was not a technical worker at all. It was more like. You lift the heavy shit and move it. <laughs> and then he'll do all the amazing, beautiful yeah. stuff. And then I'll go, yeah, yeah, we did that together. That's good, then. So, <laughs> so, so, so I updated my CV as being a paint, as being a paint and decorator. So if anyone comes and asks me to do him something, I'll be like, oh, well, uh, bring my dad. <laughs> I'm, I'm really yeah. busy with work at the moment, but yeah. here's the number of yes. someone who will be really good for you. If there anyone's any heavy shit that needs lifting, and I'll do that. Yeah. I know Richard Branson saying, uh, "Fake it till you make it." That was my that's my attitude. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, you, nobody's going to blow you. Nobody's going to blow your trumpet for you unless you're. No, you know, Richard Branson was a lucky dude. <laughs> Like yeah. he made some decisions that were just like pure luck. I read his, like, I read his book. Um, like he bidded on the yeah. planes to start Virgin Airlines, didn't he? It was what? And if that had gone wrong, he'd have been just Well, you fucked. know what that was? To start Virgin Airlines, he was trapped somewhere. Um, they were on a flight, the flights were cancelled. Yeah. It was so a his wife. I'll charge it, yeah, I'll charge it. How much to charter a, a flight? 
So we went to a, an airline that had a plane there and said, how much would it cost to get all these people back? So they told him and he went, oh great. Um, went to all the, the passengers and this is, I don't understand the story went, this is how much the plane's gonna cost us. You know, I want a little bit on top and that's how we started this fucking airline business and he found it that easy. But it's that, it's that thing of, um, if you don't try, I don't, I, I, I can't stand people who, a big thing with negative people and they're always the ones who offer the most um, advice about what you should do and what you shouldn't do. And then when you do something, there's, there's, they're, they, they're so mean-spirited, they can't bring themselves to say anything fucking positive. Because being positive about something requires to have work, put work into it, yeah. and being negative requires to be lazy. And it's easier yeah. to be negative, yeah. unfortunately. Um, so that's why you seem to be the people seem to be the guru of advice when they're negative, <laughs> yeah. but actually... You say that though, like I offer a lot of advice, but I still haven't actually started... They do call you negative nape though, that. <laughs> well, not as far as I I've never heard that, but we'll go with it. Um, but I, like, I've still never started my business properly. Do you know what my, my old grand used to say, it was one of her favourite sayings, faint heart, never fucked a pig. Now that means... <laughs> <laughs> Please now explain. That it, 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 it's true though. You've got, to, you've got to try, and, and if you don't try, you're never going to really know. This life is very, very short, and that cliche is such, has been so used um, and overused, but life is so bloody short, and it's not, I'm 53 years old now, and I'm um, more and more aware of my own mortality now than I was when you were when yeah. you, youngsters and everything else. You think life goes on forever, and then when things, and people of your own age, or even younger, Start to you know start to, to, to leave. I, I, 18 months ago, we lost my brother-in-law, 49 years old, died cancer. Um, shortly after that, wonderful bloke who was my daughter's stepfather, Steve, he died of cancer. Um, both people who you know 12 months before their deaths, if you'd said to them, you know, you're gonna get, ah, it's never gonna happen to me, never happened mm -hmm. to me, and and they both died. My mother-in-law died five months ago, four four, four months ago with with um, vascular dementia. So you. It's, it's, it's a real kick in the teeth, but it's it's happening. I mean, this is the only one sure thing is they say about death and taxes. You can avoid, yeah. ta you can avoid taxes and you can screw people. You um, but kind of avoid your taxes. Exactly, but you know, dying, dying is going to happen to all of us. Yeah. So that's a one sure thing. Um, and there's nothing to be scared of because it's just, you know, you're moving on to something else. But in this in the time that you've got, my attitude to life is, is life is just a, a whole string of events um, and experiences. And the more experiences you can cram into this short time we've got, you you know, you've got to do, you've got to try things. And if it's, yeah. instead of waiting for, because tomorrow everything comes, and it's always, people say, oh, we're going to have kids, yeah, we're going to have kids, but what we're going to do, we're going to get the kitchen done first. And then, um, yeah, we're, well, we're going to have kids. I've but never heard that we're gonna, before. But, but they do, but I mean, I, I remember doing it, you know, I, I'm, we're going we're gonna to do it after, we, we're going to have a summer holiday, and then we come back, and then we're going to do this, we're going to do that. And it never happens. Yeah. And there's never a right time. And, and I tried this once, it was a, um, I went and did a business course. Uh, it was a property buying course, and they're very much into this um, <clears throat> giving back and gratitude, and, uh, and and talking about the gratitude. To the, and this sounds very out there, but the universe and being positive about things and saying, you know, if you if you if you think you're going to fail, you will fucking fail, guarantee. But having that positive attitude to things and believing and trying to envisage yourself in that position. So you want to be a millionaire? Don't think. Oh, this is what I would do if I was a millionaire, because that's all what happened. Mm. You've got to start acting like a millionaire, talking like a millionaire, 
and, and doing those things, those positive things. I was doing that last night, I was at the casino. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> I'm no longer a millionaire. Like but it's when this thing it about life. And that's, started and that's less than a millionaire, now I'm less than I'm skinned. But this is, it's the negative thing, I can't stand negativity and I, I've tried all sorts of things. I've tried, I mean I, I decided I was going to do um, some property. So I went and I bought a course, uh, I went up to Richmond and I, I studied, I was trying to be, I was 24-7 policeman for, for 25 years and in that time I was trying to be an actor and I was trying to be a property developer yeah. and, and something I had to give and that's, that's hence why I, part of why I, I decided to retire early um, with 25 years service as opposed to 30. But the thing was, I, I decided I was going to do this So uh, and people were saying, you're an idiot, why are you doing that? Um, you know, how are you going to rent these places out? What if they don't rent out? And every negative thing that you it's can kind of like, imagine. If it doesn't yeah. work, then fuck it. It doesn't work. Like exactly. I mean, but I went out. I went and, and learned how to buy property. It's very, um, very you know, all legal, but very constructive, very intelligent ways of buying property. I bought property thing through a thing called uh, a keys access undertaking. You probably haven't got a clue what a keys access undertaking is. Not clear. Um, and, and it's something I learned on this course. But it's where a property that is unmortgageable can't be sold. So you go to the owner and say, right, and I did this with a guy, how much do you want for the property and how much you need? So he told me how much he wanted and how much he needed. So I said, tell you what, I'll give you what you need. All right. Um, and we agreed on price. So he said, right, so you're going to buy my property? I said, no, no, I, 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 I can't get a mortgage on it. It's a shit Well, how are you going to buy it? I said, well, you're going to give me the access to the property with the keys for a period of three months. And I'm going to go in there at my own expense. I'm going to renovate that property to get it into a mortgageable condition. Once I've got it into a mortgageable condition, I'll apply for a mortgage. I'll get. I know that it's going to be valued at higher than that what you're offering uh, or you you asking for the property. Once I get that money, I'll pay you. I'll pay you what your asking price is, and the property's mine. Is that okay? That was okay. And and, and nice. that's how you buy a property. Um, Sneaky, so, but, but, I like but it. yeah, but it's and it, and it works, and and people are doing it now, and I'm thinking about doing it again. But the attitude from people close to me, which is which is frustrating, was, oh, you're nuts, you know, um, what if the interest rates go up? What if you can't get steered? Everything is, what if, what if, what if? And I say, yeah, but what if I do get the property? What if the interest stays, interest rates stay where they are? What if I fill it with students? What if I make a what fucking if I make, killing? What if I make a shitload yeah. of property? Well, yeah, and this is, it's always this half, glass yeah. half, full shit. That was, that was kind of where we were at with the podcast, though. We're like, yeah. if, if, if we don't do it, then we don't do it. But if we do do it, and we end up getting, like, We've had some pretty positive remarks so don't far. Ever yeah. wait, don't work. ever wait for tomorrow. No, like, don't just ever fucking tomorrow. go for it. Why and not? It, and, and, and if people go, that podcast was shit last night, oh, was it? Kiss my ass. People fuck what you think. Well, not, well, not, well, not well, to uh, do something different next time. Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I was saying to Nathan a while ago, well, a few weeks ago, like where we are already, like, and you're not a fan of having smoke blowing up your ass, mm. but we've got you on our podcast talking mm. to us. Mm. And it, that to me already is successful like, businessman. That's very nice of you to say. What the <laughs> fuck is but, that? It's, but it's great. Like we, we like. I mean, Simon, he's a successful tattooist, and that was great. Like our friend Matt yeah. is just one of our mates who came on because he's quite good. animated. Yeah, as well, he's good so at the band he, and yeah, yeah. But like the third episode, we've already got a, like an actual proper actor who's been in actual recognizable things. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's But it's, it's the thing is, it's um, again, that's that thing of you know. I, you, you say those things, but as me, Rick, I, I'm just Kev Orsham. I don't, I don't I see myself. Do, I don't I don't associate with people. Uh, I, this is fucking me, laugh. <laughs> my, my daughter's a fantastic singer, absolutely fantastic singer. Emma, Emily Jane Horsham, she's called. Brilliant singer. She sings at Charlie Frank's. 
Um, she's 17 years old, stunning voice, absolutely stunning voice. So we go to uh, Charlie Franks, and then, and then it's owned by a friend of mine, Dave Barrett, and again, absolutely lovely bloke, one of my best mates, very successful businessman. Now there's a man, <laughs> if you say he can do something, he goes and does it, and he's got, he's just on the ball all the time. He's welcome to come on the podcast at some point. Yeah. But what I've got, I'll tell you what, I, I, I can put you in touch with some people who you would love to talk to, who you know um, are, have got massive life experience. Mm. Um, but anyway, he, he, um, he saw my daughter Emily and said, I want to book her, how, how many times can I book her now? I want this, I want that, you know, I wanted to book her, I want to sing her there. So she was great. While she was singing there, um, a couple came along and they saw her sing and uh, they run the Chamber of Commerce for Plimpton. And they said, we're having the light switch on uh, in November, and 27th of November I think it is, and uh, we'd like Emily to come along and sing. So uh, they asked me how much the fee would be for a family to sing. So I said, uh, I told them, and they said, um, yeah, it's a charity event, um, but Kev, um, you were in Game of Thrones, weren't you? I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he said, um, we would pay the fee that you've asked if you would agree to switch the lights on. I said, what? <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> I said, well, Zedless, the fucking bloke who's been in Game of Thrones. Oh, he's in there for like six go, minutes. And they go, they go, no, 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 you were in Game of Thrones. You, I mean, you keep on, you got, and my friend Claire, the, the producer, when we were out to Cannes, she was doing the same thing. She was going, um, of course, uh, I'd like you to meet, and she was introducing me to directors and, and buyers, and all these people were in the industry. And she's going, no, this is Kevin Horsham, but I don't have to introduce you, obviously, because you recognise him from Game of Thrones. Um, <laughs> now, now, some people smart, will down and go, smart move. Other people go, Game of Thrones, oh my God, um, can I have a photograph taken? My girlfriend loves that. Oh, and, and just it's a smart move, though. It's, 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 it's bizarre. And I kept on downing it, saying, yeah, but it was only like, she went, shut up. You don't tell them it's a couple of minutes to people <laughs> who haven't, who are oh, not yeah. in that. We're doing the same thing, amazing. man. We're yeah. doing the same thing. It's bizarre. Yeah. <laughs> it's bizarre. But so I said, it's, but that's the funny thing. You know, he said, uh, so would you come along and switch to Christmas later? And I thought, fuck, you know. I said, why? What, what did you have last year? He went, we had a bloke who um, basically stood up on the stage and uh, wrapped cellophane around his face. <laughs> wrapped his head in cellophane. So basically, was, he, he, was, he, was he at the wrong party that night? Or something? <laughs> the guy said, you can imagine how that went down. I went, yeah. And I said, well, I can't it. I said, yeah, fuck it. Said, you can't, no, you I'll, can't I'll, not be. No, exactly. So. <laughs> <laughs> so I said, yeah, I'll come and do it. I said, because that secured the, the fee from, from my, my daughter only. But Why did you have cellophane around his face? That's so weird. It's like one of those. You're in your cellophane. Choke himself. Is he like water on his face? Sorry, kids. I've around his neck with the door. What TV show is that on? Happy Christmas! Is that past the 9pm watershed? That's definitely on a TV show, what is it? What? Some guy puts a bell around his neck and hangs himself on the back of a door while still. That was on Curious Gentleman, wasn't it? Was that episode 3? Californication. That's what it's on. Guy fucking hangs himself on the back of the door and then David Duchovny's character comes out and is just like. That's why we should always <laughs> use the buddy system. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to do Curious Gentleman's first televised um, toilet break. Thanks. Yeah. Back on. Dan now. just asked me what Go. I thought about this podcast. Honest answer, fucking show. No, it's good. It's <laughs> no, that's the understatement. It's good. They're two really nice guys. Um, Dan the Worth, straight talking. Lots of things in common. they got beards, so fucking hell, there he goes. 50% of the way. Um, <laughs> And um, yeah, it's nice to talk to like-minded people, shoot the shit, um, be politically incorrect, um, swear too much, and 
What Swirling too much. Covered beards, flanges, testicles. guns, testicles. Yeah. Um, we've <laughs> talked about cocks. Mine's only four inches thick. Um, all sorts of things we talked about. Yeah, and it's been really good. It's um, yeah. put the world to rights. Is that how you put it? Yeah. Exactly. Put the world to rights. How often do you get the chance to do that without some twat moaning at you? Um, yeah, Especially someone like someone for us as well, like someone who's been on Game of Thrones, who's got <laughs> oh, it, um, on IMDb. You've got you've got three three projects in production. Yeah, I've seen three yeah. in pre-production. Yeah, um, don't know if I've written them down here. Uh, well, we've got Jessica got Frost, it. which is which is a, a um, it questionable whether that's going to happen, but um, time yeah, readers, time as well. readers, yeah, that one's uh, that was J Joseph V Sultana. He wants to, he has talked to guys about making that in Malta. Um, he's half Maltese, so he's he's still looking at that. Um, that's in a pre-production. Um, Leonard, that's still on the cards to be done. Um, it fell flat because uh, there was a you know a loss in his family, but he wants to get that back up and running. That's a really smart little short. Wasn't Leonard? That's already published, right? No, no, one? no. That's this in pre-production. We watched the one where it's like the whole fight scene in that small room. Which one? Oh, um, um, that was. Um, Trial by Fire. Was that the one? Yeah. The oh, biker type. Yeah. That's right, yeah. Yeah, that yeah, was. Yeah, 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 no, yeah, yeah Tim, right. Tim, good friend of mine, Tim down in, uh, in Falmouth made that one. And it's a bit of a homage to Batman. He loves Batman, so he played Bruce in that one. And uh, that was written by him. So that was a little. We filmed that. I think it was a two days. I think it was maybe a day, actually. We filmed that in a day. Um, so it's, uh, it's amazing what you can film. Yeah. Um, I've got other things in the pipeline. I've, I did, we did. We were going to do Jessica Frost, which was really fantastic sci-fi in the Mojave Desert um, and we were supposed to be doing that last year then we we're supposed to do it this year it hasn't it hasn't come about um, issues with finance all sorts of issues going on the writer um, Carlos Sanchez no no Christo Sanchez Christo Sanchez Norwegian guy really lovely bloke he wrote that he wrote Jessica Frost um, he's written a film called Nithin and as an apology, I've got a friend called Anthony Quinlan who's in Emmerdale. He plays Pete in Emmerdale. Top bloke. Used to be in um, Hollyoaks. He played Gilly in Hollyoaks. Really nice guy. Met him doing a film called uh, Gridiron UK four years ago and we've been friends ever since. Lovely, lovely bloke. Um, and he was flown out to New York, had a meeting with out there. They had a personal trainer for him. They did all sorts of things. He took three months off Emmerdale. Um, cost him a lot of money, unpaid leave. And the film didn't come together. So. Christo, uh, as a way of an apology for all the fucking around um, that we were put through, wrote a film called Nithin, which is a two-handed Viking uh, film. Cracking story. Um, basically, it's a guy, one guy looking for redemption, who's a Viking, uh, and the other guy is looking for retribution and, and revenge. Um, brief synopsis is my character, older guy, a uh, bit of a henchman, a hired hand, goes to a village to reclaim somebody or something goes to the village he's a, his gang of guys that he takes with him become a little bit overzealous they spike they burn, they burn a few buildings one of the buildings that they burn contains the wife and two children of the leader of this clan this village which is Anthony uh, Quinlan's or you know Quinny's uh, character my character um, apologizes never meant that to happen he's actually gone away from uh, I think he, he's trying to go towards to, towards Christianity and he doesn't believe that uh, he's never going to enter you know, heaven if he, if he doesn't have this redemption, he doesn't have this right. sort of, um, have this, um, what they call, if he's not forgiven. So um, he he goes off and uh, he, he's away in the wind and this Anthony Quinlan's uh, character 
um, gets a few guys together, six or seven of these guys, and they go hunting him. They're going to hunt him down. Okay. A sort of big chase scene. And it's all the way, it goes through the mountains, then down through the valleys, across the rivers, through the forest, and out, eventually out into the tundra. But my character is a very adept warrior, and he picks them off one at a time, kills them in different ways, right. and you know, sneaks into the camp at night. All the time, this is, this is in Sweden or Norway, freezing cold, he's on death's door most of the time, he's been injured, um, he's, got a, he's got a sword wound, he's fallen out from a tree, he goes through all sorts of things. They eventually end up on the tundra, both almost dying of hypothermia, on their knees, my character asking for retribution and forgiveness, and, and his character saying, "Okay, no way," and just clubbing each other, you know, punching each other with the last ounces. <laughs> yeah, it really dark, really gritty. Um, so I've got that one on the go. Uh, I've had to get old with Christo. We need to get it scripted, and before you get anybody who's going to look at finance, um, the producer Claire Cahill, who is such a switched-on cookie with finance and everything else, has said, "You get it scripted." I'll get you finance and I'll get you a, a, a director. So we've got that one going. And I'm writing one myself, which is called Deep Water, which is again, um, they say, write about what you know. So it was about an ex cop, loses his wife. Um, it turns out that she was actually murdered. And a group of uh, Manc drug dealers work with the Eastern Europeans. They want to start landing cocaine on the coast of Cornwall, fly it in, drop it in, then take it in, then take it up through the country. And they decide that. Uh, he's going to be their best bet and the leverage they're going to use is his daughter. So um, I'm writing this one at the moment, I guess a very, very dark, very gritty, bit of a um, Coen Brothers ending as well, so Ooh. not something uh, not something for the faint heart. so lots of real, real violence. Do you think the Coen Brothers I'm interested in? Yeah. yeah. So um, when's that looking to be done? I, 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 I don't know, I've, um, again with me, with, <laughs> with trying to set the business up, Laws Men business, trying to get that written. I've written a treatment, which is an industry standard treatment. I've got a friend who's, who's a, a writer from London, called on, a terrific guy, Indian guy, told me how to write it. Um, I've got to do that, and then I've got to script it. But I would imagine, I'm, I've, I'm hoping that I'm going to get it to the standard and level that I can take it to Cannes next year, okay. with a view to, sell it, not selling the script, but selling the concept. Uh, and getting finance out. There's some, there's there's some good software out there that you can use. That oh yeah, yeah. I've got, I've got. Um, there's, there's two, there's two, there's two main, main sort of systems you can use for script writing, which is, which are quite easy to use. Um, it's, it's actually the time. It's getting, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's going to time. Running the businesses. But yeah, well, it's full time. But that's going to be, yeah. that's going to be, um, that's going to be filmed in Cornwall. Um, lots of things are in place, um, but it's just pulling it all together now. So that's cool. But it's, uh, yeah, it's going to be good. So, Lawless Men then, um, so the bearded, uh, bearded, not Lawless Beards, Lawless Beards, excuse yeah. me, yeah, that's it. Um, so what's going on with that then? Lawless Beards, right, Lawless Beards came about, um, got a mate called Dave Barrett, terrific bloke, very switched on businessman, um, opened a restaurant called Charlie Frank's mm -hmm. in 34 Mayflower Street, first floor. Uh, he opened that four months ago. Now, Charlie Frank's, he wants to um, be spoken of in the same sort of circles as um, Ronnie Scott's in London. Um, lovely, opulent um, atmosphere and surroundings, um, good food and music every day. Yeah. And that's what he's looking at doing. So we're having theme nights, we're having theme days. He has a pianist in there during the day so you can go up and eat your lunch and listen to someone play the piano. Um, my daughter sings there. Um, we get acts all, all the time. So I had a suggestion one night. I said, what about we're doing a, a beard night? Jokingly, he said, that would be a good idea. So we came up with the name of Lawless Beards. 
and the concept is that uh, any bearded man who wants to come along, um, like-minded blokes, they can experience uh, two live bands, a guest barber who will do beer, free beard trims and give advice about beard care. Um, they're going to get two guest collaborators uh, for, for alcohol. We've got Skinner's Brewery who come along, so you'll be able to taste those those beers. Pardon me. And we've got uh, Botanist uh, Botanist Gin, yeah, Botanist Gin, which is made on the barbecue, small batch, handcrafted gin. So we're tasting that one. Uh, you get the Lawless Burger, which we were talking about earlier on. Sounds awesome. Which does sound awesome. Uh, it's fucking yeah, tasty. Yeah, a big beef burger with a big onion ring, fried onion ring on the top of that. Inside a brioche bun with lettuce, cheese, which is a cheese, uh, Cornish Gouda. Um, and on top of that there is a jalapeno, lime and uh, spring onion chutney. And it's, I had it the other day. Absolutely stunning. <laughs> and, a, <laughs> and a pint. And that's for 15 quid. Um, each month they're going to have a different band or two different bands. We'll have a different guest barber, we'll have different uh, people who want to collaborate with the alcohol. We've got a guy who does apple moonshine which tastes absolutely stunning. And David has got a sweet potato um, moonshine which is made by a supplier of his. Nobody else has it because it's a byproduct of the production of their, of their, their veg. Um, and uh, he supplies it only to David. So. All these people, it's loads, loads of bloody things. We get right in. As we talked about earlier on, it'd be very interesting to work with you guys and collaborate with you guys. Practice yeah, podcasts from the place. Um, you know, I'll, I'll be there with my beard products to, uh, to, to the, be on sale for the guys. That's uh, fine. Yeah, it'd be great. You, you, really something to I to you can talk to some of the guys at the at the event and ask them why they were there. It should yeah. should be a good little number. Well, there's ever a reason awesome. to go to an evening. I yeah. think we've just had a describe to <laughs> Beards, so, alcohol and uh, burgers. What is it, 15 pounds a ticket? Yeah, 15 pounds a ticket. Um, you can order them online. Burger, yeah, barber, barber, burger, music. Barber, music, pint, um, all the other bits and pieces. Beard competition. There's other things being added every day. So I'm updating it up every day. So there's going to be prizes, um, all sorts of stuff going on. Prizes attached um, to the tickets. So we need to... I, Prizes attached to the tickets. Yeah, prizes attached to the tickets. So if you buy one ticket, um, one ticket is, is got a bottle of beard oil. Uh, Lord's Men beard all attached to it, another one's got a baseball head attached to it, so I'm going to be attaching other bits and pieces and those tickets will be drawn, the numbers of those tickets will be drawn on the night. Um, yeah, so you get all that for 15 quid and you phone Charlie Frank's uh, restaurant and you book it um, and I would suggest that people book early because it is bloody going really quickly. Tickets um, are flying, are Yeah, they? tickets are flying. Or 1750 on the door, that's if we can lay in because there's 100. Depending on how many we sell. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I think I think the, the, the tickets will sell. Right? So if we want to follow you, where do they contact? Where do they find you on uh, uh, social media? What's your yeah, work? you can go to uh, www.lawlessmen.com, which is the website. Um, yeah. You can come contact me through that. There is a, a system of just um, sending me a message. Mm. You can go on uh, Lawless Men Facebook page. Uh, join that. Uh, you can also get me at Kevin Horsham uh, on Facebook. Yeah. Uh, and at Lawless Men on Twitter and, um, and Instagram. So, Instagram. Yeah. Amazing. So, yeah, anybody wants to talk to me or ask me any questions or order any stuff, just give us a shout. Awesome. Well, we're going to buy our tickets. Amazing. We're yeah. going to pop down Good next lads. week and get those, so we'll be down there. Top man. Sounds amazing. Top Sounds man. awesome. We'll get some, uh, get some burgers and beer and taste some alcohol. Get <laughs> some beer <laughs> trim. They've got, it's going to be a really good night. David's laying on some really good stuff. Um, and there's other events you were talking about earlier on. Yeah. The three-piece suits, you know, you love the, the, the tweed three-piece suits. I love a suit. Yeah, they love a suit. Uh, a man of Monar and um, the aspiration for lawless men is that next year we go into um, three-piece suits. 
Uh, don't need any striking models. They say that, don't they? Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah you, uh, you would look pretty, you know, you'd cut a dash, you know, money. Yeah, I'll model up for you, yeah. 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 That's right. Do that, right. That's making that's, that's more work. There, there is a casting couch, you do know that. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, I'll get myself to count. Remember, remember, cut four inches. Yeah, well, thick. <laughs> That is. Anything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Length is not a factor, ladies but and gentlemen. But the good thing is, you've got a moustache, so it'll cover up the stretch. Just the, yes. <laughs> 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 yeah. Alright, guys, we're going to have to wrap this up now because, um, well, it's been three hours, isn't it? <laughs> it's been a while. We've talked about shit, Yeah, we discussed anything on that. I don't think we have. Have we? Uh, <laughs> yeah, we went through most of it. It's just all <laughs> bullshit, basically. Um, um, thanks again for coming on. You're very welcome, mate. Very It's been really, really good. It's been great. We'd love to have you on again. As yeah. Well, yeah, awesome. yeah. Anytime you want, just give me a shout, mate. I've, um, I can talk shit for you. But um, yeah, and, if, and what, what I'll do also, I'll um, I'll talk to some of the other guys, uh, friends of mine, um, sure, that, that, that might be of interest to you. That um, would probably be interesting to speak to and listen to their sort of life stories or, or whatever. Absolutely. Yeah. If they can talk shit, they're welcome. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Only associate with people who talk shit. Perfect. Amazing. The best kind of people. Yeah. All right. All right, awesome. guys. Thanks ever so much for having me. Cheers. You're welcome. I would say Thank cheers. Thank you. And, but, yeah. uh, I can't do that with Nathan because you're breaking the glass. Smash your glass. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oops. That's what you get when you drink three bottles, uh, three quarters of a bottle of whiskey. Yeah, yeah. You've done well. Yeah. Gone through a lot of whiskey. You've done well. Yeah, it's still well, standing. Well, yeah. 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 Fall downstairs and shit. Watch him punch it away in a minute. You watch. I'll fit me in the Stand up. You never get to get your car at a fucking car park, mate. Dan, can you do me a favour?